1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: This is Straight Fire with
0: Jason McIntyre.
5: Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Straight Fire, Jason McIntyre. Tuesday, March 23rd, a fun Monday of college basketball. I hope you guys did what I did. Basically, Plop down on the couch around 9 a.m. Pacific and then plant yourself in front of the TV the entire day, devouring what turned out to be a lot of bad college basketball games. One game decided by single digits. We'll dive in a little deeper in a moment. I do want to set it up, though. A little later in the podcast, Rob G. keeps telling me that there are some interesting trade rumors swirling in the NBA. Apparently, Aaron Gordon is saying, get me the hell out of Orlando. Whoever wants to get out of Orlando? I mean, goodness gracious, isn't Orlando the waffle house capital of America? The strip mall capital of the United States? Who would want to leave sunny Orlando? I've got a lot of relatives in Orlando. Beautiful city, Um, just not in the summer. Uh, But we'll get to the NBA in a minute. I I have to start with the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, one number basically is the driving force behind what I'm about to say. And that number is 9-1 and because that is what the Pac-12 is through the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. A staggering number. 16 teams are left. Four of them are from the Pac-12. That's unheard of. The Pac-12 is usually a laughingstock come March. They haven't done—they rarely do damage. I don't think a team west of the Mississippi has won a title in, like, the last 15, 20 years. You might have to go all the way back to Arizona— in the late 90s, uh, you know, Gonzaga could break that streak this year, but they're not in the Pac-12. What is driving the Pac-12 to complete and utter dominance? Oregon just stomping out a plodding, slow Iowa team. USC handing Kansas its worst college basketball postseason loss ever. Ever. USC! What the hell's going on here? Now, I will say, let me take the time to pat myself on the back. Hope I don't Pull a shoulder muscle. So Fox Sports has me picking every single game of the NCAA tournament against the spread. Folks, your boy went 7-1 and one against the spread on Monday. And if you remember, I talked last week on the podcast about I was in a Calcutta, big money, and... I started bidding on a bunch of Pac-12 teams. And the guy who's hosting it, the guy, Jeff Ma, who was the impetus behind that movie, 21, the movie where the college kids go out to Vegas and gamble and count cards, blah, blah, blah. Jeff Ma is taking shots at me. Oh, Jason McIntyre, a little West Coast bias now that you're in California. Because I was bidding on Oregon and USC and UCLA. Now, I didn't end up getting those teams because I was outbid. But... I'm out here in L.A. watching a lot of college basketball, and throughout the season you could tell they were building up some good stuff like Oregon State. I mean, listen, they look pretty good at the end of the season. Not incredible, not Sweet 16 worthy, but they're on the rise. And then they make a run in the Pac-12 tournament. But it finally hit me Monday night as I'm recapping where we are in the tournament and how the hell we got to four Pac-12 teams in the Sweet 16. And I guess what is happening is we're at a crossroads for the Blue Bloods. Duke, with 74 year old Coach K, hasn't won a title since 2015. And that was also the last time they were in the Final Four. Coach K, 74. Roy Williams at North Carolina, right down the road, Tobacco Road, he's 70 years old. He just had his first first round loss in the NCAA tournament in 2020. If COVID hadn't hit, North Carolina would have missed the tournament. Embarrassingly. The year before that, knocked out on the Sweet 16. They got destroyed by Auburn. Year before that, second round loss to Texas AM. Roy won a title in 2017, but again, he is now 70 years old. If you watch the makeup of that team, that North Carolina team, it's like, what era are you guys playing in? They got these plotting big men. By the way, one of their best returning players announced on Monday, the seven foot-one. Uh, Mr. Basketball from the state of Georgia, w- Walker Kressler, he's transferring. He wants out. And, and I'm not trying to say, oh, Roy Williams, 70-year-old, fuddy-duddy, the game's passed him by. Coach K, 74, you know, his best player quits in the middle of the season. They don't even make the NCAA tournament. I know COVID hit I- in the uh, in the ACC tournament, but Duke was not making the NCAA tournament anyway. And again, what? When you lose the Blue Bloods, Duke, see ya. UNC, see ya. Kentucky, sayonara. Who's rising up? Where is the uprising come from? And it's clearly the Pac-12. The Big Ten was the best division in America all season. No doubt about it. They largely beat each other up. And then they get to the tournament, and you just watch their style of play, and you could tell five minutes in, okay, Iowa's in some trouble against Oregon. Oregon's got dominant guys on the wing. They're way more athletic. They're much faster. And it was a bloodbath. And then you watch Maryland, a solid team, pretty good team in the Big Ten. They go out, and what happens against Alabama? Alabama's just raining threes. They were like Steph Curry out there. they like five Steph Currys. Just an, a, an SEC team, super fast, dynamic on the wings. The guards, Maryland couldn't stay in front of their guards. And you're just seeing this change. And you know everything is cyclical in life, Okay. The Blue Bloods have been on top for a long time. It feels like Coach K and Duke are at a crossroads. How much longer does he hang around? This is a guy who in 2016 with Brandon Ingram, lost in the Sweet 16, 2017 with Jason Tatum and six other future NBA players, Luke Kennard, Grayson Allen, again, Jason Tatum. He's like one of the 12 best players in the NBA right now. Coach K couldn't get out of the second round. 2018, Coach K, another stacked roster. Marvin Bagley, Gary Trent, who's in Portland, having a really good season. Wendell Carter, who was a lottery pick. Coach K loses in the regional final. 2019, with Zion freaking Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, they lose in the regional final to Michigan State. And they missed the tournament this year. Oh, uh, listen, I'm not saying they're done. It's over. But it feels like the Blue Bloods are at a crossroads. North Carolina, I'm sh- Roy's had a great run. Duke, Coach K, is uh, arguably the most accomplished college basketball coach in the history of the sport after Wooden. Like, is it time? Are, are, they, are we close to seeing those guys move on? And it's time to bring in some new blood. Because it's clear that Pac-12 has some of the best young coaches in America. Look, Mick Cronin was at Cincinnati. Look what he's doing at UCLA, man. They lose their best player, and they're in the Sweet 16. Look at Oregon. Dana Altman, one of the best coaches, one of the best young coaches right now in college basketball. Dana Altman's crushing it. Oregon's a legit Final Four team. Andy Enfield. 10-0 against the spread. This is a guy who took Florida Gulf Coast and made a run. Now he's doing it with uh, USC. Like, you can almost see a changing of the guard, and I've largely left Kentucky out of this because I don't know what's going to happen with Kentucky and the one-and-dones. And And this is kind of a complicated issue because Kentucky has dominated the one-and-done guys. Coach K has dipped into that as well. But when you look at Calipari, what's going to happen with this one-and-done situation? The two of the best players in the country in high school decided to go to the G League. The year before, two of the best players in the country, LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton, went down to the NBL in Australia. Of course, disclosure, I am a minority owner of a team in the NBL. And that division is attractive. They've got a potential lottery pick right now on a team down there. Nice wing player um, from Australia. Like, these European leagues can pay players. The players can get sneaker contracts. There are more avenues. Like, what's going to happen when the elite one-and-dones? Like, yeah, Cade Cunningham's going to go to Oklahoma State when they hire his brother, right? And you're going to get some other, like, Evan Mobley at USC. His dad hired on the staff. Uh, him and his brother end up at USC. Like, Kentucky may have to make some tweaks. I don't know what's got what's in store for Kentucky as these one-and-done players kind of make these moves. And uh, maybe they have to pivot. And they're at a crossroads as well. We will see. Remember, uh, Johnny Juzang, the UCLA scoring machine, went to Kentucky. Like, didn't like it. Didn't really do any damage. Goes to UCLA. He's in the Sweet 16. So, I'm not being overly critical. I'm just, these are facts. The Blue Bloods, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke, are at a crossroads. And you look at what's happening in the Pac-12. I mean, Oregon State's on a very nice run. Colorado did get uh, smashed there by Florida State. Florida State's a very good team. By the way, Florida State's on the come-up. Leonard Hamilton, an older gentleman, doing real good things. This could be the year he finally breaks through and gets to the Final Four. But overall, that would be my big takeaway from the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Is, is something? It feels like a changing of the guard is in order. You don't see Kansas take 34-point L's. Okay? Kansas, by the way, the third seed, USC was the sixth seed. The big tell there was USC was favored. That's very rare when that happens. So I'm not going to break down every other game that happened. Uh, you know, we obviously there was a lot of blowouts. Okay, and I don't think blowouts are super interesting. My, I guess my my overall takeaway outside of the blue bloods would be that um, the kid at Loyola Porter. Mo, uh, Porter Moser, the coach there, he is going to be able to pick any job he wants at this point, right? He is doing incredible stuff at Loyola. They are by the way favored significantly against Oregon State. I think the line is six and a half and when you see a big number like that for Loyola and Loyola, he already took them to a final four. This has shades of uh, what Shaka Smart did at uh, at VCU this has shades of what Brad Stevens did at Butler. Like, you do this. You basically stamp yourself as holy guy. Holy cow. This guy's an incredible coach. And I, I'm super impressed with uh, what's going on at Loyola. They, honestly, folks, uh, they're a legit Final Four opportunity for them. I really think they can get there. So that kind of wraps up opening weekend. Rob G., I am curious. I know you're not the biggest college basketball fan. But did the, did like a Monday full of games after a weekend full of games appeal to you at all? Or were you more into the, the NBA aspect?
4: No, I mean, like you said, the games weren't good. That was part of the problem. I mean, unlike some of the other parts over the weekend, because I was, you know, doing other things, Monday actually didn't have a lot to do at all. So I had the games on pretty much all day. Problem was none of the games were entertaining, you know, a lot of blowouts, (laughs) um, but my biggest takeaway, I mean, other than the fact that this is the year of the quote-unquote upset, which, as we mentioned on yesterday's pod, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for college basketball. Yeah, I think that um, having Blue Bloods or, or name brands in the Final Four or deeper into the tournament is probably preferable. But uh, my biggest takeaway is what I saw last night. I mean, if Evan Mobley is not the number one draft pick, then I don't know what the NBA scouts are looking at. Because Cade Cunningham, even though you know he didn't play well in the tournament, that shouldn't be the reason why he wouldn't go number one. He just doesn't have the explosion I think that I would want from a number one overall draft pick. If I'm going to get a, a, a big guard or a wing, I want him to have kind of that elite first step that, that he can get to a spot anytime he wants to. Because other than Luka Doncic, I don't know who in the NBA – can play at that kind of a pace yeah. and, and, and still be effective. Evan Mobley looks to me like, what was it? The Porzingis unicorn comparison mm. where it's like, hey, when you get a guy who's that big and that skilled, they they just don't grow on trees. Yeah, and, so and
5: Mobley, it looks like 10, 13, five assists, three blocks. He was everywhere. His brother uh, not his twin brother, hit four threes, which I didn't see coming. Um, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Now, Cade Cunningham's a big-time playmaker. And again, he's playing with a bunch of Oklahoma State guys who, you know, upon graduation are probably going to be, you know, selling insurance or, you know, working uh, some, some you know, white-collar job somewhere. I don't think a lot of them are going to be playing in the NBA, perhaps on international ball. Um and you could argue the same probably for Evan Mobley and his teammates. I, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I know you're out on Cade Cunningham. That's very clear. Uh, <laughs> based on Monday's podcast, a lot of people are like, dang, Rob G., what, what did Cade Cunningham do to him? And, like, listen, this is the big stage. He didn't really show up, right? Right. You know, yeah, it and it
4: happens. And, and, again, I don't mean to to bash him. Like, he, I still think he's going to be fine in the NBA. I don't think that's ever – that's not what I'm trying to say at all. It's just, you know – if you're going to be the number one guy, you better have something that's elite. Yeah. That that makes you want to go like even Anthony Edwards, like last year's draft. I don't think I would have taken him first. I think I I may have said I would have rather had LaMelo ball Mm because I thought he had something that was that you couldn't teach. And that was his passing ability. But at least you could say was that guy is just a freak athlete. Like if we can hone in and mold this piece of clay into something, then we could have a player on our hands. And I think with Evan Mobley, with what we're seeing in the NBA now like i know everyone says that the, the big man is dead in basketball and that doesn't exist anymore but one thing that i've noticed and i think you might have picked up on it as well is most of the best teams or the title contenders in the last couple of seasons and this season as well have a big man or a tall big wing mm-hmm. who can do multiple things like the thing the thing that separated the lakers from everybody else last season was anthony davis it wasn't lebron james it was anthony davis the Denver Nuggets went as far as they got because Nikola Jokic, not only could he score, but he could facilitate the offense. Kevin Durant, even though I know he's known as a, a small forward and a shooter, he, he's unique because he's seven feet tall and he's a, a shooter. You know, like That's what makes him different. Joel Embiid, that's why people say that if there's anyone can knock off the nets, it's, it's because Joel Embiid can kill you in the middle. So if you can find that big-bodied guy who can do more than just catch lobs, In today's NBA, I think that that's something that that you got to you got to jump on that as soon as you can, and I think that that, that's going to help him in the draft.
5: I heard a quote that stuck with me a while back. It was extreme people get extreme results. Uh, Anthony Edwards is not extreme. Lamelo Ball is extreme, but look at the results—the extreme results that Lamelo Ball is resulting in now. Cade Cunningham is—is is he extreme? I—I I don't know. Uh, Evan Mobley looks a little extreme. Uh, you know, he's a seven-footer. He—he's a cross between, I think, Chris Bosh and Kevin Garnett. That's my read on him. I, and again, that's ceiling. That's like not now. Obviously, he doesn't have a Kevin Garnett like. I'm going to cuss out anybody who's European or small. Um, Mobley has like a good demeanor on the court, but skill set wise, that—that's at least what I see. Now, Bosh—I mean, I think Bosh was putting up like 24 and 12 in Toronto. I don't know if Mobley's c- capable of doing that right anytime soon, but a-, a ceiling was what I would put on that. Now, uh, Rob, I know the wrapping up college basketball. I know Saturday, the upcoming Sweet 16 does not have any. Hey, you need to stay at home and uh, you know adjust your schedule to see Oregon State, Loyola, Oral Roberts, Arkansas, uh, and the rock fight that will be Syracuse versus Houston. I will say this: on Sunday, there are some games. Uh, Florida State, Michigan, two big brand names, right? That's that's a win. UCLA, Alabama, unfortunately, that could be a beatdown, similar to when Alabama plays anybody in the Pac-12 in college football. And then I think the nightcap, Oregon, USC, I think a a large portion of the West Coast will be attracted to that. I don't know about the East Coast. But I, I wonder if people will wake up on Sunday and be like, wait a minute, Gonzaga's playing? UCLA, Oregon, USC, all these teams west of the Mississippi, what's going on? And if it hasn't set in, it's pretty clear, guys, the Blue Bloods are at a crossroad. Maybe this is the springboard that the Pac-12 needs to get back to where it was that Bill Walton calls the Conf, uh, champion, What is it? The Championship? The Conference uh, of Champions. Conference of Champions. I'm sorry, Bill Walton. I By didn't the way, I'm glad that. he
4: brought up Bill Walton because he had five Pac-12 teams in the Final Four. I don't know if you saw the Dave pack <laughs> He had Oregon and USC, who I believe play in the same region. Right. He had Oregon State. He had uh, UCLA and Colorado. And he's like, Jeez. so we have uh, five Pac-12 teams in the Final Four and two of them are in the same region. Blind. And sure enough, Bill Walton looks smarter than all of us, even with a, a comment like that.
5: Uh, indeed. Yeah, you know, maybe we, I need to uh, smoke some of whatever he's smoking because Bill yeah. Walton's always got the best stuff. At least that's what the people
0: say in the streets. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: All right, let's quickly move to the NBA. A couple interesting um, happenings, Rob G. Uh, Starting to see here rumors that, oh, are the Lakers going to trade for somebody? I know Colin Cowherd, my guy at FS1, starting to push that on Fox Sports Radio. I almost wonder, however, if it's not... The other blue blood of the NBA, but on the East Coast, the Boston Celtics. I, I, I'm stunned, Rob. I really thought they would be taking off when Marcus Smart came back, but they can never all be healthy. Jason Tatum was out with an illness. They lose in overtime to the Grizzlies. Celtics now a game under 500, and I, I mean Kemba Walker again did not play. Like I'm starting to get worried about this team, Rob. I, listen Danny I, I and I know people are going to want to bring heat on Brad Stevens and you probably will too. Celtics right now 8th in the East. That's not good. No bueno. Although I will say this, if they play the Sixers in the first round and everybody's healthy, uh, we saw the Celtics take them down last year in the postseason. I could I could see them doing it again. I I would I would not be afraid of the 76ers. I would be afraid of the Nets. Uh but I do wonder if the Celtics make a move here at the deadline. Couple big names sound like they're going to hit the market, Rob. Zach Levine, my guy. Chicago Bulls. They're the nine seed. They can't get hot and get any traction. I'm a big Zach Levine fan. I think he's too much of a good guy to ask out of town. But you just wonder if the Bulls say, listen, it ain't happening with Levine. Nobody's going to want to take Kobe White and Wendell Carter. Um, if we're going to rebuild, it's got to be a shipping Levine out of town. I think the Toronto Raptors could be a seller. Um, 17 and 26. They've lost nine straight. Now, Rob, uh, the last time I opened my mouth and blasted the Toronto Raptors, I went viral in the state. Uh, I'm sorry, in the country of Canada. And essentially, your boy had to... um, turn his Instagram comments on, you have to follow me to comment because all these Raptors fans got so angry when I said they were headed back to the basement after Kawhi left. I was just a year early. That's all it was. <laughs> the, the Raptors right now stink. Now they had to relocate down to Florida. Okay, that's tough due to COVID. And they're old and they lost uh, some talent. Um, Serge Ibaka's gone. Marcus sol has gone. Um, it's Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell, Fred Van Vliet, It's pretty clear Pascal Siakam is not an alpha, not a number one. Bro, they lost to the Houston Rockets, who had lost 20 straight games. So I think Kyle Lowry hits the market. I don't know if the Clippers can afford it, but we know they need a point guard. And I think the other big name is your guy Lonzo Ball. I I know uh, Rob G was captain of the Lonzo Ball fan club when he came to the Lakers. Well, actually, Rob was captaining the fan club with Magic Johnson. Um and now Lonzo Ball could be on his way out of uh, New Orleans. Third team in, what, four years? Where are you on Lonzo right now, Rob?
4: Well, Lonzo Ball, I think that um, from everything that I've been told, they he is very much on the market. And it's not that they don't think he's a good player, that he's not a good fit with their offense. It's that... He wants a ton of money in free agency coming up this summer. And, and well, that's
5: because his dad, like you know, took all his money and then bankrupted or got <laughs> s- stolen by by that big baller brand friend of theirs. Uh, so yeah, he probably needs money. And listen, I'm all—I'm sure you are too, Rob. Get that paper, Lonzo. Oh right? yeah. Get oh, get yeah. paid. Yeah. I mean, listen, these leagues—we're all—we're all one injury away from being done. So go ahead, Get I would find Lonzo, take as much money as anybody will give me, if that means it's the Houston Rockets. Yeah. I am going to get paid.
4: Oh yeah. And and I think um if you you know we live in LA so we know all about this but the rest of America who doesn't know there's such thing in basketball as the clutch sports tax which means <laughs> if you are a client of clutch sports the LeBron James Rich Paul group you're whatever you think that that guy's worth add like 3 to 5 million to it. Oof. And so Lonzo Ball is reportedly looking for 20 plus million dollars year.
5: Oh season. stop
4: it. And oh, that is why God the pelicans are saying even though he's a restricted free agent we'd rather trade him get something for him than be forced to put to a decision we have to match a 20 okay. a 5 gonna, year 100 million dollar okay. contract offer
5: because he wants 20 let's humor him and just quickly i look at the uh, remember he's a point guard if you pay a point guard 20 mil he's got to be starting okay you tell me so if you're getting 20 mil you're probably the number 2 player on a team right Yes. Uh, Not a lot of teams are paying their third best player 20 mil. Okay. So I'm just going to – this will be quick. It will not take long. 76ers, are they taking on Lonzo Ball at 20 mil? No. Are the Brooklyn Nets? No. Are the Milwaukee Bucks? No. Are the Miami Heat? No. Atlanta Hawks, who have Trey Young? Yes. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Get the
4: reason The reason why I say yes (laughs) – the reason why I say yes is because in The Athletic, which which had a lot of this broken down, the Hawks were mentioned as a team that's interested in getting him.
5: Oh, stop. That is and, and absolute no, and, and, garbage. And the they re- won't pay John Collins.
4: And the reason being is because they don't think they're going to keep John Collins because they have a glut of big men all of a sudden after drafting that kid from USC. What? Um, onyewu Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, uh. Who's their center's name? Clint Capella has uh, been really doing, well. and DeAndre Hunter might be able to play some small ball four. So they don't really need another big man, and so they're oh they're thinking allegedly is that they could have Lonzo be the point at certain aspects and get Trey off the ball more, which is oh. the whole reason they brought in Rajon Rondo was to do the kind of same kind of thing. The difference is that. Uh, Lonzo Ball can shoot, unlike Rajon Rondo.
5: Oh gosh, he's had one good season shooting in the contract year. Good luck paying that. Um, that well, is insane. Well, let's okay, let's go find some Fair of enough. the other guys that you brought yeah. up.
4: Yeah. Char- Charlotte, Horn- wait, uh, other what? Uh, well, there's other the names that you brought up earlier in in.
5: Wait, wait, I want to get through Lonzo real quick. Okay. Well, uh, Charlotte Hornets, obviously not. Don't that's that's a pipe dream. There's no way Jordan is doing that unless you want to pair no the ball shot. brothers. No. Yeah, and they've already got uh, Rogier, Graham, Malik Monk is playing well. Celtics, no. Chicago Bulls. I personally don't see it. Uh, the GM is like a European dude. I would with them if I was them. Oh, they
4: have Kobe uh, White. Better. Kobe who, White's not very
5: good. Whoa, he's cheaper. And it, it, What's the difference between wins between Kobe White and Lonzo Ball? Oh my gosh, That's, you are a Lonzo fan, Rob. No, I, I don't think he's bad. I don't. I don't
4: think he's that great, but I don't think he's bad either. I think he's better on a good team than he is on a bad team.
5: Right, but the good teams ain't paying him 20 mil. Like... Maybe what his move is, is take a one-year deal, go to a good team for like $10 million, win a ring or get close to it, show your value on a good team, and then somebody will pay you. Because like the Indiana Pacers have Brogdon, they're not paying him. The Raptors have Van Vliet, they're not paying him. The Cavs have all guards, Garland, Sexton, they're not paying him. The Wizards, no way, they they can't afford it. They have Beal, Westbrook, no. Orlando Magic, I I think they invested in Fultz, didn't they?
4: Yes, they did. And
5: the Detroit Pistons are the only other option, and they're totally rebuilding. And there is no way on earth of all the players they're going to give, it's going to be Lonzo Ball. So then you go to the West, and it's like Jazz, no way. Conley, Suns, nope. Lakers, nope. Clippers, nope. Nuggets, uh, Well, the Clippers
4: want him, but they don't have the
5: assets to get him, is the problem. Yeah, I'm sure Lonzo would love to come back to L.A. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, Blazers, ha. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, no way would Popovich ever take him. Dallas Mavericks, no shot. Golden State Warriors, nope. Yes. Uh, Memphis. What? Yes. What, what? What?
4: Yes. You keep saying no to these teams that are reportedly in on him. One of them is Golden State. So Golden State did not want to draft LaMelo Ball, but they're going to trade for Lonzo? I'm just telling you what's being reported. They're in on him because he's a ball mover. He can defend, and he's interchangeable with Steph Curry. The, the Steph Curry-Trey Young thing is kind of the same thing, where they're just as good, probably even better off the ball than they are on the ball. Steph Curry is not the at Steph his best. Curry,
5: Trey Young thing like they're grouped okay. together.
4: There's <laughs> levels. To, there's levels to this. It. Obviously, you know Steph is a much higher level player. But okay. even you can admit that Steph's at his best when he's coming down pin downs and on off back screens and flaring out to the three point line. Not when he has to do a high pick and roll and pass it down to
5: Draymond See, Green. I guess the problem is when you have to give up assets for a guy who's going to want twenty mil and you're not paying him twenty mil next year because you got Clay coming back. And you have that Minnesota Timberwolves pick, which could be like 4, 5, or 6, or whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't see that. So then you, you, by the way, Rob, we get through all these teams like the Thunder, all they're doing is stockpiling picks. They don't want to give anybody 20 mil. And they got shit. The Sacramento Kings have De'Aaron Fox. The Rockets are doing the same thing. They're bottoming out. And the Timberwolves have D'Angelo Russell. So I I don't know who these guys are speculating about Lonzo Ball. I I would say almost certainly he does not get traded. And and let me just make my theory here, okay? You could laugh at me. The media is in the game of clicks. I started a website, okay? I sold said website. I know that clicks matter. At the end of the day, if the clicks aren't there, the money's not coming in. And I'm not just saying people are throwing up hypothetical Lonzo Ball trades to get clicks. But for a guy who's about to be a free agent who has a big name and had a brand coming into the league and people are interested in him, yeah, you put Lonzo's name out there, it's going to click. Now, I'm not saying it's untoward and people are doing it maliciously, but who else is... Who, what other players are out there? I am guarantee you no big... Like John Collins, he probably would be a bigger difference maker than Lonzo at the trade deadline. But nobody gives a shit about John Collins. Sorry, John Collins and your family. <laughs> a good player, but uh, people As just people don't care about I this People think tr- I took a shit on Kate
4: Cunningham yesterday, <laughs> and you followed what you said about uh, John Collins.
5: Uh, I mean, people, listen, good player, but again, nobody cares. Uh, at any rate, okay, go through the other guys available. Let's see what we got.
4: Okay, now most of this is from The Athletic, which is headed by Shams Sharina, which is the most plugged-in outside of Woj reporter in basketball. So for you to kind of just assert that maybe he's putting in for clicks, I don't know if he's the kind of guy Well, by guy the way, would-
5: uh, who represents Shams? I don't know who it is. Mm, Take a look into that. See if he's connected connected at all. All right. uh, So with uh, a certain agency that's connected with uh, Maverick Carter's group.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is...
6: This is Uncanny USA.
5: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
2: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive.
4: big names that seem like they could be on the move. And one of them, I'm glad that you brought it up right in the beginning of this little segment is the Boston Celtics. And Sam Amick was part of a, a group that wrote this, that um, Aaron Gordon wants out of Orlando, not just because they're losing, but because he wants to go to a bigger market. Who does <laughs> he? He thinks that his Q rating in Orlando is suffering. So he wants a large market with plenty yeah. of quote unquote branding opportunities.
5: Yeah. And by the way, time out. Who was the guy we talked about yesterday? PJ Washington. Who's this woman he's dating? This is major celebrity, Brittany Renner. Right. Aaron Gordon wants to go to a big market and start to date a celebrity like Brittany Renner or like Tyler Hero with his Instagram model. Yeah. Aaron Gordon is ready to level up, get paid. I'll tell you now. I'll tell you what. Right now, though, on on the reel, Aaron Gordon is could help somebody win a title this year more than Lonzo Ball could. Oh yeah, for sure. He's a better. He's player a great at this point. wing defender. Those are tough to come by, and I mean, hell, if I if I'm the Celtics, damn, the, are the well, Celtics linked to Aaron Gordon?
4: Yes, and according to the the report, it's not just Aaron Gordon. It would be Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, and Evan Fournier can shoot. Say what you will about right. the rest of his game, but he can shoot. Now, who are and you giving so up though? It's their trade exception and okay. Marcus Smart. Ooh. So, but if you're Boston and you just mentioned it right off the top, they're they're struggling to say yeah. the least. So, so they need some kind of shakeup. And if you can get Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier with only having to really give up Marcus Smart and some picks, because the trade exception doesn't really even count as
5: anything. You know, somebody wrote this recently, and we did not we didn't make it a topic on here because I think it was right before the NCAA tournament. But somebody wrote an article about how there's two distinct classes in the NBA now, and. I mean, on the surface, trading Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier for money <laughs> and Marcus Smart, like, what the hell is that? That's basically, oh, we don't want to end up paying the luxury tax. So, um, us billionaire owners, yeah, we're going to pocket the money. You know, it, that's basically what they're saying. Hey, Aaron Gordon, you had a good run. Thanks for your service, but uh, good luck, right? I mean, what are they doing with that? Do you think Marcus Smart's going to be happy going from contending? Going, what a Marcus Smart play in? Three of four years they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I was going to go to a bottom feeder in Orlando? Like, that would be awful if I'm Marcus Smart. That being said, um, holy hell, you're looking at Aaron Gordon, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, and I guess Fournier.
4: As a small ball. Length. Or that, Robert, that, that,
5: Robert that, Williams. That maybe, maps up you,
4: really good against Brooklyn.
5: Max up good against Brooklyn, um, terribly against Will- Philadelphia. Well, you put in Daniel Theis uh, or Robert Williams, who's actually playing well. We picked him up on our fantasy team. Um, I know you don't care about that, but um, yeah, that that that's a home run if I'm the Celtics. I mean, Marcus Smart though is the heart and soul of that locker room. I don't know who the leader is now. That locker rooms gets interesting because they've gone through some leaders, right? Uh, Isaiah Thomas shipped. Um, Kyrie Irving was thought to be. The heart and soul, when he got traded there, he was the leader. Ran into problems with the young guys. Uh, Marcus Smart now. He's been there for a while. Um, I, I, that's uh, sounds like it's difficult. And it's tough to quantify what that means. But uh, that's a spicy deal, Rob G. All right, uh, Aaron Gordon, what else you got?
4: Well, the other big one, and I think this would be the most impactful move if they can make it, is Kyle Lowry. And according mm-hmm. to what's being reported, it's basically up to him if he wants to get traded or not, you know, mm-hmm. cause he's, he's loyal to the soil in Toronto. He's already come <laughs> out and said, even, even if I get traded, I'm going to retire as a Raptor. Like he's, he's one of those kind of guys. Mm. And so the two teams that are reportedly most interested in him are the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. Now I already have the Brooklyn Nets winning the Eastern conference. I just think that they are the best team, but if there was ever a team that I think, if you add Kyle Lowry to what they already have, that could almost tilt the balance of power. I think if Philadelphia can get Kyle Lowry with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and keeping Seth Curry, I think that he's the kind of guy that would balance out their roster and give them exactly what they do not have, which hmm. is a floor general and someone who can make heady plays. He's a much more consistent shooter than Danny Green. I don't. I think Danny Green's probably has a better clip because he's so streaky. But Kyle Lowry could be the kind of guy, if he goes to Philadelphia, that is
5: the most impactful trading at the deadline. Well, I'm just glad you didn't say the Clippers because Kyle Lowry, who, by the way, has had a, more than a handful of dirty fouls in the last couple of years. Remember the bubble? He had told Aaron Gordon after a cheap shot when Aaron Gordon's like, what the F, blah, 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 trying to fight him. Kyle Lowry said his room number. You could see the audio. He's like, yeah, come come to my room. Come on. Kyle Lowry goes to the Clippers they're as dirty as the 80s uh, bad boy Pistons. Kyle Lowry, the the Morris twin goon, Patrick Beverly. Oh, goodness. That would have been – uh, listen, that would have been ugly for the Lakers if they could get Kyle Lowry. But, yeah, I, I would agree with you. If he goes to the Sixers, Simmons and Bede. Yeah, that's that's a nice package. Now, Miami Heat, I, I just – I'm not coming off Tyler Hero or, uh, for Kyle Lowry. I'm just not doing that. Um. Well, the, the Heat the, have quietly crept up to fourth in the uh, in the East. And t- let's check in on Tyler Hero. Um yeah, he's having an all right season, 15 a game, five boards, three assists. Um shooting, ooh, yeah, he's struggling shooting, 41%, 31 from 3. A bit of a, a bit of a sophomore slump perhaps, Duncan Robinson. Um also not even hitting 40% from deep. Well, D4. the oh. the
4: Heat are in a tough position because their three young guys are all going to have to get paid. Mm. That's Hero. Oh, that's Nun. That's Duncan Robinson. Okay. Hold and up, if hold up hold, if, up hold up hold up hold up. Go ahead.
5: Bam out of bio. Or did he already get paid? He already got paid. Okay. He already signed so, his super max or his max. You can't keep Nun Robinson and Hero.
4: Exactly. That's why that you need to consolidate them at some point. Now I'm not saying to consolidate them for Kyle Lowry or especially a one year at a a thirty plus year a 30 plus age Kyle Lowry. But at some point you got to make a decision because what Joe Harris did as being a guy who does nothing but shoot three pointers, which is exactly what Duncan Robinson did. And I think he's getting 16 or $18 million a year. So that very quickly goes from Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero and Kendrick Nunn all making combined 15 million to these guys are making combined 60 million. Hmm. and they're good but they're not that good so they they got to find a way at some point to to flip at least one of them into something else
5: hmm. Huh? I mean I guess if I had to, I mean Tyler Hero could get you the most in return but he would also be the biggest loss because I don't know about you I think t- Tyler Hero one day I'm not saying he could lead the league in scoring like Bradley Beal but what he's been doing at, at what, 20 years old? Uh, Twenty, Uh I think he's 21 this year. Like, who's to say? And, Rob, we talk about this. And we probably don't talk about it enough. The idea that players get better. Okay? Kawhi Leonard was, like, coming off the bench in San Antonio. He was like a six-man. And emerged as an all-NBA player, a finals MVP, a cornerstone. James Harden came into the league. Oh, he's a six-man. He's a nice player. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's a historically great offensive player. Like everybody gets better. The question is, how much better? And we don't, nobody knows the answer. Only the people inside the Miami Heat building know Tyler Hero's work ethic. How bad does he want it? Listen, James Harden was a legendary party animal in Houston, and he still got better and got buckets and became an incredible MVP player. So I don't know. I mean, you look at Hero, you look at Nunn, Duncan Robinson. I personally think it's easier to find a Duncan Robinson or a Kendrick Nunn than a Tyler Hero. A Tyler Hero can create his own shot. Um, I mean, we saw Tyler Hero give a lot. Didn't he have 40 in a playoff game? I mean, this guy was incredible. And I watched Buddy Beheim of Syracuse in this tournament. He's like a Duncan Robinson clone. 6'7", slender white guy, quick release. We had Casey Jacobson on the podcast last week um, who, you know, would be making millions of dollars if he were in the NBA now as opposed to the when he left Stanford uh, 20 years ago. But yeah, like Buddy Beheim is the new Duncan Robinson. There's no new Tyler Hero. I I, I just, he is a, I don't want to say he's a unicorn. I'm not going that far like a Luka Doncic, but I, Tyler Hero, I'm not trading him. I'm sorry. I'm not putting him in any package for almost anybody at this point. I mean, within reason. Um, are the Lakers making a move, Rob G.?
4: Oh, it depends. I mean, the LeBron's the injury kind of complicates things, you know, because they need to stay above water a little bit. You know, they can't go 2-13 and 13 in the games that he's out. So I, the problem is they don't really have the assets. So unless they're going to trade Taylor Horton Tucker, which, again, clutch sports guy. So, you know, you got to run that by LeBron first. And if LeBron decides he doesn't <laughs> no, want to trade I it, you don't trade him. I think he's untouchable. Him. I'm being so, honest.
5: I don't, the, think they're, I, I don't think they would trade him for anything.
4: I think that the only guys on their roster that that have any kind of value would be maybe Kyle Kuzma, but he has that poison pill because he just signed his contract. Alex Caruso, I don't think Kentavious Caldwell-Pope has played well enough to have any value. You'd have to actually attach more stuff to him just to get rid of him. (laughs) So I think they're more likely to be active on the buyout market than they are to make a trade. I just don't think they have the pieces.
5: All right. Well, uh, that does it for today's show. A lot of college basketball uh, I don't have any Sweet Sixteen picks for you just yet. I'm going to let some of these numbers marinate. Um, obviously, what when is the NBA trade deadline, Rob? Thursday. At okay, noon, so I think
4: it's at noon Eastern or noon Pacific.
5: Yeah, we will. Uh, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll try to line up some good guests to talk maybe a little more NCAA tournament, but certainly NBA. We still haven't done a post mortem on NFL free agency yet, but that's coming. In the meantime, stay safe, people. We'll talk to you soon.